Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever wrestling media hall of fame and wrestling shows from impact wrestling where they will be taking on the best the uk has to offer and revolution pro wrestling featuring the legendary jushin thunder liger defending his british j cup crown tickets are on sale now so head over to wrestlingmediacon.com that's wrestlingmediacon.com support wrestle talk give us a subscribe Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis, multitasking by doing this intro while opening a Word document and changing the size of it. And I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation. How the devil are you, Oliver Davis? I am also multitasking because I am finding emails for correspondence. Ooh, and we've there was a cliffhanger, wasn't there? Was there? What, like last on the last episode, you were like, "Oh, and we've got a relationship one because a girl's coming round his house this you're weekend." You're absolutely right. We did. Yes, uh, we might do I'm that. Glad in- you're on it. Well, I mean, it's in my star, because I star the emails, sure. and those are the ones I'm going to tackle per episode. But obviously, we don't try, we don't get to all of those. But yes, I believe that is the one we're going to be doing uh, this. Done. Let me just check if that's right. That's not that one. Well, yeah. while you're doing that, what do you want me to give you a spoon? Please do. That'll actually really help me. It's spooning with I've, Ollie Davis. I found it. Oh, yeah. Someone uh, suggested um, Spoon Warriors. What's that a play on? Road Warriors. Mm. Why? I don't. I don't. I don't get. I don't get it. Mm. It's not the best gag, I'll be honest. But still, is it a gag? Just substituted one word for another that well, doesn't really sound anything like it. In all fairness, we've just done Rusev. Hey, oh, that's the other thing. Actually. But no, but that's a good pun. <laughs> Someone suggested for when you send in an email that's about a disappointing wrestling meeting, you should call it a Rusev nay. Rusev nay, which I liked. Mm. Okay, so today's spoon, folks. God. You wait all this time for spoons, and then you get two in one week. They're like buses. I mean, that's not what this Wikipedia article says. There's no comparison to buses. But today's spoon is the plastic spoon. Cheap, disposable, 
flexible, stain resistant, sometimes biodegradable, black, white, coloured or clear, smooth, non-porous surface, varied types and uses. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the plastic spoon. The disposable side of that's the one that upsets me the most because, and like there where it says, sometimes biodegradable, because we all know there is too much plastic in this world that is just sitting in oceans and killing stuff. My friend who went to a different university than I, they lived in a house of four blokes, four bloody blokes, where I was, uh, I lived with women. What a player. Yeah, what a player. <laughs> and Slept uh, with every single one of them, just like a bloody bloke. No, they're all actually really good friends. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather you not disrespect them in that way. No, I slept with one. <laughs> I slept with one. And it really awkward created such an awkward dynamic. <laughs> and I had to go out with her for the rest of the tenancy. <laughs> I slept with one of them and it made it mad awkward because, of course, it was going to. That's what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the phrase, do not S where you sleep. <laughs> Um, but no doubt actually blossomed into quite a nice relationship with an awful, awful end. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, plastic spoons. Yes. So, at this other university, four bloody blokes in a giant house in Southampton, there came a point when their very large kitchen just became overrun with dirty saucepans and plates. Oh, God. And so what did they start doing? Rather than tackle that and do a clear-up, they just bought plastic plates. Plastic plates, throwaway uh, paper oh, plates. Oh, me. And they're just like single use. It was a oh, single gross. use house. That's disgusting. There's a really good joke in the first series of Kimmy Schmidt where she goes round the rich blonde lady's house and uh, she opens the fridge and it's just full of bottles of water that you buy from a shop. And she says, oh, would you like a bottle of water? And Kimmy goes, she's already taken it out of the fridge. And Kimmy's like, no, no, thanks, I'm fine. So she goes, okay then. And she just drops the whole bottle of water in the bin. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's the most infuriating thing I've ever seen. Move aside, Jeff Hardy earlobe grab. <laughs> That's a heel. Um, yeah, I, I, my university household, we sort of had a bit of a rotor. Uh, in a sense of, we essentially just took it turns to do the washing up. There's only four of us there. And it was like... Of, of mixed genders? No, no, all blokes. All bloody blokes. Lame. Um, yeah, well, it was, Did it was you a... sleep with any of them? <laughs> I did not. It was a very lame household. Snuggle? We, uh, we essentially used to play lots of games with Monopoly. Sounds um, good. Because going out was lame. And we thought that staying in was the cool thing to do. Mm. So we'd play Monopoly. Marvel Monopoly. Um, and sometimes play different games. What sort of places do you buy in Marvel Monopoly? Oh, you know, uh, Galactus. You buy heroes. Okay. So, like, it would be like the Fantastic Four would be one group. So, it would be like Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, and The Thing. Might be like a three. Like, that's the, the blue-coloured bit yes, of the yeah, board. Yes, yeah, totally, yeah. That's a shame, because I, I see it as a, a places thing, and I'd want the the little things you move around the play pieces to be the heroes totally yes you'd want to be able to buy like daily bugle and you'd want to be able to buy peter parker's mm. apartment yeah like if you had like a little spider-man nowhere area. yes yeah 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 totally but no it wasn't like that at all um so it was lame yeah it was lame absolutely it was lame do you want to open with no, this I don't. You've, you've got your rotor story you didn't but oh that... yeah that's right yeah i mean essentially like if it'd be my turn and then the next person but it would be a case of You'd want to do it when there was less stuff to do. Because, like, once John had his turn, it was then my turn. 
I don't want to let it build up over a, you know a couple of days and then have to do loads. So you'd want to do it snap because you want to like you want to do it when there's the least amount to do. So it very much made us all very cleanly people, and our kitchen was oh, always good. immaculate because no one wanted to let the washing pile up. Mm, that's the complete opposite to the Southampton house. It's <laughs> atrocious. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't a clean person in that stage of my life, anyway. But that was that was something else. It was like the Somme. It was, <laughs> oh, dear it was awful. Me. Your uni house was a bit tidier. It, it was. It was just. It just stunk of smoke. Really, I lived with a lot of smokers, mm. so yeah, that wasn't wasn't one. So we lots of to, cigarettes everywhere. In it. my first house, we were a lot. It was very much a smoking household. Uh, in my second year, we moved smoking outside because it just felt a bit antisocial to just smoke indoors and make the whole place stink. So we thought it was just much, much nicer to smoke outside. And that was the time of the smoking ban coming into effect. Well, the smoking ban came into effect partway through my first year because I still remember smoking in pubs at the start of my... You were naughty then because I was in my second year when it came in. It was 2007. Was it really? Bloody hell. That means that it came in my final year. Hmm. I seem to recall that coming in my first year. That's My memory's way off then because I I certainly remember smoking in pubs Oh, that made sense, but I thought it came in during my first year of uni. Maybe you were Portsmouth, right? Down in Pompey. Yeah, that, it's, it's not as forward-thinking as London, <laughs> so you were probably a couple of years behind social well, no, progress. If anything, I'm, I, we were a couple of years <clears throat> ahead. If I thought it was in 2005, we were a couple of years ahead of you lot doing it in 2007. No, no, I'm saying you misremembered, so you were smoking in pubs later after the smoking ban had been brought in. Oh, maybe. Mm. I don't know. No. But yeah, I do remember smoking in pubs um, while I was at university. But I thought it had been... Anyway. Anyway. Right. Okay, so let, let's do this uh, email that we've got here from Anonymous, obviously, because all Agony Arts requests are anonymous. They don't have to be. I think it's probably better if we... Okay. I, yeah. I think it's it's nicer if we keep them anonymous. That Just that one person then knows that we've responded to them mm-hmm. as opposed to. But this, I'd be but interested. If, if you want to have your name read out, yeah, just, just say it at the start. If you want to hear email. your name said by cool people, mm. then just let us know. Or give us money. <laughs> On Patreon, you get a little fancy <laughs> bell ring. Okay, so this comes in for anonymous. Hi, guys. I'm going to cut to the chase. I'm scared. Ooh. I'm scared and I need advice, so who better ter- to turn to than two wrestling fans from across the world that I found on YouTube? Jokes aside, my girlfriend told me that her parents aren't going to be home next weekend, so that's this coming weekend, and that she wants me to come over and spend the night with her. Mmm, bit th- of Netflix and chilling. I think we all know what all know what that implies. I've been with another girl in the past, but that's not the issue. The issue is that I feel it's too soon. I don't want to sound like, and I don't like the way he's phrased this, I don't want to sound like a soy boy or anything. <laughs> that is not a phrase that we should be encouraging, because it's, I mean, I nearly swore then, it's utterly ridiculous. It could be an ironic use of the word. I don't think it's ironic. Um, although thanks to that video that uh, read out one of my tweets, I now know what soy boy means. Mm. So, okay. I don't want to sound like a, quote, soy boy or anything, but I think that we should be fully comfortable around each other before anything like that happens. I'm, uh, am I too much of a wuss to say no? Or I'm too much of a wuss to say no. So I agree to go to her house next week. Is there any way I can get out of this safely mm. or should I just do it? Thanks, this is much less awkward than talking to my parents, so I appreciate the advice. Well, first off, don't call her it. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's 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 outdated. Nailed it. Absolutely <laughs> nailed it, Ollie Davis. That's what I think that's the that's the problem. That's the problem right here. Uh so so let's unpack this. What's going on? So this is a this is a guy who and I'm gonna say it's a guy, uh, that is going over to his mm. girlfriend's house. He's not a virgin so that's you know that's not the issue the issue is he thinks it's too soon to be in that stage of their relationship i was i was a slut i put (laughs) out i would put out before the first date uh so this is new territory for me that complicate things for you moving forward like your housemate that you uh slept with at university no 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 that was uh that was that was a romance that was bubbling anyway Mm. Um, I mean, look at you. Of course it was. Yeah. You're no uh, soy boy. I was dating three girls. <laughs> that's fantastic. It's the coolest thing I've ever done. <laughs> coolest thing I've ever done. Don't say that's fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic. Come on. I know now we frown on it, but really, that's awesome. Come on. What a ridiculous human being you are. Uh, so, yes. I mean, so probably you should... I mean, it's, it's difficult to say. I don't know how long they've been going out for. No, um, I would say from my, if you want my personal opinion on this, which you do because you've emailed into the show asking for it, I would just be upfront and honest about it. And just like, hey, look, I want to come round and we'll do some Netflix and, and, but not the chilling set of it. We'll literally just watch Netflix and chill and we'll have a nice evening. Maybe have a couple, if you're able, you know, above age to drink, we'll have a couple of drinks. Order it a pizza. We'll just have a nice evening. Let's binge watch um, Stranger Things season two. Like, let's just, let's do that. But I would like to get to know you better first before we move into the next stage of our relationship. Because for all you know, she might be in the same boat. She might be thinking the exact same thing and she just wants to spend some quality time with you before you do get into that area. Yeah, she feels pressured maybe by society exactly. and Love Island. <laughs> but the, another problem here, though, is that horrible thing where the situation has been misread. Maybe her parents just don't, you know, a lot of parents don't. I they certainly experienced that. They just don't want their, their daughters to see people and they... They don't definitely don't want their faces rubbed in it by having them even the boyfriends to even come round and have dinner. So maybe she's like, "Oh, my parents are out this weekend. That my boyfriend can finally come round. We can hang out at home. We don't have to go out anywhere. We can cuddle on the sofa, get in our PJs, and you know, probably a hand job, <laughs> right? So <laughs> because I'm not, you know, it's that's good. Something's gonna happen. But maybe she might not be. If you say that to her, oh, I don't, you know, all being all prim and proper. Let's not rush into things. She might be like, um, "I wasn't expecting that I, anyway." I just wanted to play some Marvel Monopoly, yeah, and give you a cheeky handy. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I think being upfront and honest about it, but not assuming mm. that that is where it's going to go. I think it's it's safe to assume that you know, that she has not invited you round. Yeah, or you shouldn't assume she has invited you round for the sole purpose of doing it it's like how you should approach wwe just don't raise your expectations and you won't be disappointed yeah yeah so just go along i, th- I think you should go yeah and just see what happens because it could just be a, a lovely evening you might find out you might may, might be very ready absolutely and, and or she might feel exactly the same way and if she doesn't 
you can talk about it as that comes up. Exactly. I think that's a, yeah, a very, very astute point there, Oliver Davis. Next but, problem. Well, that is all we've got time for in the opening of this podcast. So we've got a full SmackDown review today, which is going to be... I mean, the SmackDown review li- uh, has only just gone live on our YouTube channel. I don't know what the comments are going to be like. I was crucified in the comments last week for being, quote, too negative about the show. The Wrestle Ramble ones weren't much better. And I feel that me giving this show an average rating, despite the fact that I loved virtually everything that happened on it, is going to come back to bite me on the ass. Well, I have just loaded up the comments so we can dissect your <laughs> the reaction after the main Wrestle Ramble review. Love it. So here is us talking about should Becky Lynch turn heel on Charlotte Flair to lead into their match at SummerSlam? The show-long storyline was Becky Lynch starting off uh, with an in-ring promo, a great in-ring promo, where she was like, I'm... Do you want to do it? I can't do an Irish accent. I prefer it if you did it. Uh, Perisher (laughs) and Widabex. Yep. two of the words she said and she said that she's she hasn't been champion since december 2016 or has been in a she says a title match since wrestlemania 33 but i'm not sure that's technically true mm. i think what she meant to say was a one-on-one championship match since wrestlemania 33 which is frankly embarrassing yeah and and she just talks about like how that you know it's just not good enough and she wants the honor to become the champion again it was such a good promo and i liked how she weaved the actual storyline that's been bubbling away in the mid card, the women's mid card, which is like the under under card. And she wove that into a really passionate story. And all of a sudden, Becky is a really serious contender. It's one of not a match I'm looking forward to, you know, when it was Carmella versus Becky, but a moment that I'm looking forward to. I'm invested in Becky becoming champion again. It's it was a promo that was so good. I, it actively made me annoyed that they were teasing a heel turn. Not here. Well, no, not here. But, but I, meant, so, I meant throughout the show. Yeah, so we'll carry on. So Renee, this was an in-ring promo, and it started with Renee Young asking. I think she asked one question. Yep. Carmella's music hit. Renee away. Thanos off. Uh, the click happened. And Carmella comes down. And in fairness to her, also cuts an amazing promo. This was, again, very frustrating because this was a wonderfully great promo, but... It's, you guessed it, doing a babyface promo and then doing a heel shenanigans. It's like, I'm so... As soon as she started, I was like, well, come, okay, at, but, but, but. Like, just waiting for mm. that moment where she's going to start doing the heel shenanigans. And it was so annoying because this is the most genuine Carmela has ever felt. It didn't feel like she was doing WWE promo. It felt like she was just speaking from the heart. And she talked about the struggle she had in NXT, about how people just said she was only good enough to be a manager, how you would never be on the main roster, and how she, like, Becky Lynch was the first female drafted in in WWE. And Carmella was like, I wasn't only the last female drafted, I was the last draft overall. It was great stuff. But yet it was just there to be like, oh, no, ha, 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 I'm actually a heel. Ha, ha, ha. I disagree on two counts there. I thought the most genuine Carmella's ever been in a promo is the night after Money in the Bank, where she cut that awesome well, she did I'm this, here promo. She did the same thing, really. No, no, no. She cut a, she just went oh, she all did the, fire yeah, she straight did, out. Yeah. She didn't do a swerve. Uh, I, I felt this was really genuine. But, but I do. No, no, because it started with the women's pay-per-view thing. So before she went into all that cool stuff, kind of riffing off Becky's weaving reality and like the last two years into her promo, Carmella did it even better with the NXT stuff that you've already mentioned. 
Um, but she did start off saying, you know, I'm the women's evolution pay-per-view is coming up and I want to also upscale myself. And when they started doing that, I and then they did the serious promo. You might not have bought into it, but just because they had that evolution bit at the start, I was like, oh, maybe they really are just turning every single female wrestler baby face for the ultimate baby face PR pay-per-view. Uh, but yeah, I, I and I actually was... I, there was the part... My mind was always saying, no, it's a swerve, no, it's a swerve, because... It is kind of the new big locker room empties pull apart brawl to have a blonde uh, women's champion start cutting a sincere promo, babyface wise, and then saying, ah, nah, actually, I'm a heel. Nah. Psych. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I was buying into it. I was like, is this, is this serious? So, and when James Ellsworth music hit and it had the Titan Tron, I was like, oh, okay. So he's not gone, and then it was all a swerve. So I, I thought it, it riffed on that that template enough for me to think it was very good. I think it, it does work, and I think it's a really good thing. I, I and I, I do like the I'm going to cut severe, you know, a sincere babyface promo, and then oops, turns out I'm actually a swerve. Mm. I'm a heel. That's fine. It's just that they've done it so <laughs> much this year already. With Alexa's done it multiple times and Carmella's done it multiple times. That it, as soon as she starts, I'm like, I don't buy it anymore. Mm. It's when it's when you start doing the distraction finish. You keep doing the distraction finish. It stops meaning anything. And it's, it's definitely it, overused. It's I agree. It's so with you overused, there. and it's it's become a point. It's for me now. It's gone to a point where it just, it has no effect on me whatsoever. Because as soon as Carmella starts cutting a babyface promo, I don't buy into it because mm. I know where it's going. Yeah, and I, and I, that I find is really disappointing because it can be very a really effective tool. Remember when Lex Bliss did it at Elimination Chamber? We all bought into it. Was it was great, yeah, so good. But then they just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. So now I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't care anymore. I think it would be okay if it was part of Alexa Bliss's character, and that was almost a spot that she did in her promos, almost like a catchphrase, but it's a, a longer drawn out version. But it's kind of also Control C, Control V. Yeah, aha, uh-huh, because. Smackdown, like Carmella, the WWE are, are writing Carmella like Bliss sometimes, and and they they should be a bit more distinct. What I would say though is, at least with Alexa Bliss, her character is consistent, whereas Carmella's really isn't. Yeah, but I, you know, I didn't. I, I thought this was a very good segment. I didn't take I it was, against I it. As much I thought it was a good did. segment though. And after Becky is beaten down, Charlotte's music hit. Yeah, you know, former all the champions, <clears> like <throat> the top. Really, WWE, in their minds, WWE's top female performer, mm-hmm. daughter of Ric Flair. And she came down, and I was like, oh, yeah, she was gone, wasn't she? I didn't I didn't miss her a great deal. No, I haven't missed her a massive amount. No. But it's nice to see her back. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice to see her back and push straight to the top right off the bat. Well, I mean, like, on the uh, the WrestleTalk um, fan chat Discord that we've got, a lot of people are just like, cool, so she is the female Roman Reigns then. Mm-hmm. And someone pointed out very acutely that... We would hate we would hate Charlotte if she never turned heel. She had that really long heel run against Sasha Banks, and because that's kind of gotten out of our system, I'm not I'm not like oh no, it's Charlotte in the same way that I am about Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. So it really shows that turning someone heel, going down that avenue, and then turning them babyface again is very effective. Yes, and they should do it for Reigns' broken record. So Charlotte fights off Carmella and she poses with Becky Lynch and then Carmella goes backstage we kind of this, this was throughout the night but we're lumping it all into one show long review bit here and Paige is on the phone 
because that's what you do as a general manager. Probably on the phone to Kurt Angle. Yeah. And Carmella comes in and she's complaining like, oh my God, look, Charlotte's back. And Paige says, well, I'm disappointed with you, Carmella. I'll show you how to be a real champion by booking a match where if Carm- where if Charlotte beats you tonight, it'll she'll also get added to the, the match at SummerSlam. It'll be a three-way. Yeah, Paige essentially said that it was like, I really bought into your promo. And I was like, well, you're an idiot then mm. as are you obviously um <laughs> I, I wrote in my notes here as well when charlotte saved becky lynch i was like cool so the heel turn's coming then but from who though from becky oh you Be- the look on becky's face because this is how good becky lynch is because becky lynch throughout this whole show was selling this idea that she's going to be turning here mm. and it was from that moment as soon as charlotte saved her i was like this is where the heel turn's going to be coming at some point. I, and I really, that's why I really rate Becky Lynch so much. I thought she was so good at doing it in a really subtle way. Yeah, perfor- I, I, yeah performance was great. Performance and acting wise. She's just great. delivery of lines. Yeah. Becky Lynch is it's very, very good. And you said it was because she did take acting classes she did, well, to get she, better yeah. at wrestling promos. She said that on uh, Austin's podcast that like one of the things she really wants to do was take acting classes. Yeah, mm. yeah more people should do Aidan English, he's another one. He took acting classes, and yeah. that shows because he's really good at selling angles and stuff. Certainly is. So, yeah, we get another match. So this is two weeks in a row where people will beat the champion to face the champion, and the champion has lost both times. Spoiler for what happens in the main event. So it's like, oh, Carmella looks rubbish. Well, yeah, but uh, Isn't she supposed to be rubbish, though? Well, like you said, it's an inconsistent inc- character. Because she, she goes toe-to-toe with Charlotte in the match as well. Mm. Again, And she has done before. She kicked out of natural selection and had a near fall of her own. So is yeah. she, I think she's credible. Uh, then, then the other bits in the night were a promo with Charlotte backstage where she says, hey, I was just here to support my best friend, Becky Lynch. All women are just best friends. This is going to be great. Yeah. Woo! Essentially, the women's division in WWE is that bit from in between is where, oh, friends, I hate friends. It. I That's hate it. Every single part. Oh, friends. Like wrestling friends. You've now got a chance to be in the SummerSlam title match for, you know, the women's top title on your brand. And she's talking about, hey, I mean, this is this is really, really swell. But, uh, you know, I was only here to help my best friend, Becky Lynch. When again, really what yeah. you should be saying is... I, I, my best friend is Becky Lynch, but now I've got this opportunity and friends, you know, they, they mean a lot. But at the end of the day, it's all about that title. That's the most important thing to me. But they don't do that. The title's like an afterthought. I thought it was really lame. And Charlotte is a bad promo. <laughs> she's a bad <laughs> promo when she's not a heel. Uh, I don't, yeah. She's just become so robotic because it's just, and I don't think it's her fault. It's the material that WWE are giving her. She is now this mouthpiece for the women's evolution. Absolutely, yeah. And it's and again because they were really hammering home this idea that they're best friends, or oh, the best friend of Becky Lynch, the best friend of Charlotte Flair. That I mean, and it's not me just being like, oh god, I'm so smart, I can see that this heel turn is coming because everyone can see that this heel turn is coming. But they were just hammering it home at certain times. Becky was trying to be as subtle as she possibly could, but they were just like, nope, best friends, best friends, best friends. Just so you know, she can turn on a best friends. I, d- I think there's, I think there is some underlying misogyny here in WWE's of every booking. single writer is a man, I would imagine. Yeah. So you've got like, it's just this idea, not, not, not like overt misogyny, it's just that you're a bit lazy when it comes to the women's writing stuff and that Sasha Banks and Bailey their friends, Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. You know, like all of these, you get these pairs 
which really aren't that fleshed out or developed. And it's just, yeah, I think it's 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 an under it's an underselling of of what they should be as characters. It really it kind of belittles them when you compare it against how the men's division is treated. Yeah, and like it's one step above the way that the women used to be booked, which was just like, oh, I don't like your hair, now mm. let's have a match. Or I yeah. think your makeup is silly, now let's have a match. It's, it really is just one step up from that. Yeah. At least it is a step up, though. Yeah, but then we got a Becky interview just before the main event of Charlotte versus Carmella. Loved this interview. Yeah, it was good because Becky's such a, a good promo and such a good actor. It was so good as well because essentially Renee, as a journalist, which I think she is supposed to be, was trying to get to have her answer the question, are you happy for Charlotte Flair being in this match and having this opportunity to be in the SummerSlam uh, match? And Becky just kept skirting around and just being like, yep, look, I'm happy that Charlotte is back. And like just talk about mm. it. it was so like a diplomatical, political way of answering a question. You know when you watch BBC Breakfast and a, a news reporter will ask a politician a question and they'll sort of they will answer it but not actually answer it. That's what Becky was doing here. And it yeah. was really, really good. Do watch a Triple H conference call and when he answers <laughs> some stuff, you're it's it's that same art of, of ducking. Yeah. Uh but yeah, he says so Renee says, So are you against Charlotte tonight at the end of this? And yeah. Becky says, I'm never against my best friend. And then she walks off. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, the words say you're not against your best friend. <laughs> yeah. But the angry face and your body language kind of said to me, you're, you're annoyed here. I was going to say. Is, which is great. That's a great dramatic tension thing. You only want to talk about angry faces. Oh, she had an angry face at the end of this show. Yeah. So then we got Charlotte versus Carmella in the main event. And uh, Renee is... It's talk, she talks to Carmella bef- again backstage before the match. Another pro- promo mania. Uh, yeah. SmackDown was. Yeah, and Becky's watching this match backstage at a, a skew angle, mm-hmm. which she didn't get the full on, uh, actually way someone watches a TV treatment. And Carmella and Charlotte have a match. It's nice to see Charlotte back. She certainly missed doing those moonsaults because she did about three here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moonsault to the outside. Moonsault off the barricade. Moonsault onto some knees. Moonsault for you. Moonsault yeah. for you. Yeah, it was It was a match. It wasn't a particularly great match. And again, it's just it's, it winds me up because it's the inconsistent character with Carmella going toe-to-toe. As I said, she kicked out of natural selection. And the commentators were just like, no one kicks out of natural selection. Mm. Like, it's a move that puts almost everyone away. So she kicks out of that, she gets a near fall of her own, and then she taps out to the, the figure eight. And Becky looked very unhappy about it. Yeah, watching backstage. Yeah. Uh I just I just thought Carmella looked so unimpressive. <laughs> As champion, yeah. Yeah, like it just but she, and, it's it's amazing to go toe to toe with Charlotte and yet come out looking unimpressive. Mm. It's uh so Charlotte the the storyline here is Charlotte has just turned up and she's got a title shot. Yeah. And now Becky who has been on this year and a half long fight to get back to that point. She, you know, she's had everything, but Charlotte just turns up and gets it. So there feels like a heel turn are coming. Uh, but a justified heel turn. Because that's that's kind of like, uh, to your point there, because she has been on this 18-month journey to get to this point, and Charlotte's just walked in and just been like, cool, now I get the same shot that you do. So in some, that is a justified heel turn for Becky to be like, look, no, you... F this. Mm. Like, I'm trying so hard, but you guys keep screwing me around. And I think heels work best when they are justified in their heel turns. And they are like, look, this is the reason why I've turned heel. That I really like about it. But 
and heel turns have worked well for people. Nakamura had his career almost revitalized in WWE through a heel turn. Sami Zayn's career has been better since his heel turn. But when you look at how good Becky Lynch is a babyface, do you think, like, God, do you know what she needs? A bloody heel turn. And it just seems, like, counterproductive when someone, like, the crowd are so behind Becky Lynch. You almost want to do a heel turn when the crowds don't care anymore, and you do that to revitalize the character. But you don't need that with Becky, because the crowd are already into her as a babyface. Has but, she ever been a heel? Uh, yes, she was a heel in uh, NXT for a bit, because she was teaming with Sasha Banks. Right. I think it was those two together, against Charlotte, uh, Charlotte and Bailey. It was when I think Charlotte first turned babyface in NXT. My memory's a little bit hazy, but I'm mm. almost certain it was Sasha and uh, Becky. But babyface for a long old time. Yeah, well, since she's been on the main roster, mm. has been nothing but babyface. Um, and that's like three or four years at this point. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, my guess is, the way they're going with it, is that Charlotte's going to win the title at SummerSlam. Mm. And you do Charlotte Carmella again at the September show, and you do heel Becky versus Charlotte at Evolution. That's a shame if if you think that's true, because I think if Becky is turning heel, it needs to she needs to win the title. Or you do the deal of like that. So Charlotte wins the belt, and you do the Becky Neil, Becky Lynch heel turn at SummerSlam. So you got that big hot angle at SummerSlam, and then after that, Paige suspends her, gets her out, so she's off TV for a little bit about a little bit of time. That. Uh, gets you off TV until after the September show and then she can come back and reignite the feud leading into October I, I don't really like that I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I'm a fan of it I'm just saying no. that's, where I, I, that's where I feel that they're going I, I think there is a way and I really really hope that WWE stick with Becky as a babyface because like you said that the organic support is there and if Becky can all, I think there is a way for Becky to come out and spin this as a babyface it's like, look, I've fought. You've been handed everything your life, Charlotte. And then Charlotte just has a little character tweak and is like, yeah, so what? And then Charlotte starts healing mm. it up. I just come back. I get handed everything. I'm the queen. Charlotte's so much better as a heel, in my opinion. I think she's bland as a baby face. It's like Sasha Banks. Yeah. And, and then they can... That is such a good dynamic. A, a baby face Becky against a monster heel Charlotte, effectively. That's a great storyline. But I was looking at the Evolution poster. Who have we got on it? Alexa Bliss, blonde. Ronda Rousey, blonde. And Charlotte, blonde. Yeah. I feel like they're all going to be prominently featured. I was going to say, I mean, because Charlotte is, as you said, like she is their, she's their female Roman Reigns. She's the one that, aside on SmackDown, they really want to build the division around her. Same way on Raw, they want to build the division around Ronda Rousey. So you can then have that Ronda Rousey-Charlotte match at Mania next year. So the two figureheads of their divisions can collide together mm. on the grandest stage of them all. So in that respect, you kind of have to keep Charlotte babyface. Or, I mean, and this might be a bit outfield, this might be a little bit sort of like, you know, Going, zigging when we might want to zag and going really out of bounds but what if they feud for a long time go nowhere and then become a tag team yes now you're talking yeah, maybe that sounds uh, narratively satisfying doesn't it just maybe bring Dr Shelby back oh, for a week oh, I like it Yeah. so to answer the question I personally that the seeds are there for Becky to turn heel which makes me think if I was to if you, you know said Ollie give me a prediction I think it was too overt mm. and Becky is going to stay a baby face and Charlotte's going to turn heel. And I, I really, I, cause that's the money program and SmackDown at the moment is make tends to make the right decisions when it comes to who should be, you know, Rusev is now transitioning to that baby face role too. Is so I, he? 
<laughs> I think. Going by today's segments, no. Hey, was just no, he seemed okay. But Lana was like, because he didn't want to go out uh, with Lana. And but Lana he's, was he's just grumpy off the back of last week. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but yeah, that's my prediction. Hope um, maybe it's more hope than anything. I'm I'm with you. I hope that's the way that this is all just one big swerve to make us think that Becky is turning heel, but actually it's going to be Charlotte that turns heel because, as you said, that makes more sense on paper. But uh, I, th- I mean, perhaps I'm preaching this. I just feel like that they want to keep Charlotte a babyface because she's the daughter of Ric Flair. I just saw someone on Reddit today saying, like, they're going to give her the 17 title wins. They're going to do it before they do it to Cena. <laughs> I was like, yeah. By the end of the year. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I could actually, I could really see them doing that. So I, I really feel like they're going to be keeping Charlotte's uh, babyface. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Like we already said, SmackDown kicked off with that Becky Lynch promo in the ring with Renee Young. And then 
I don't know if you got it on your feed. Samoa Joe looking scary. Just Samoa Joe looking at me. I was like, is this a pro- is this a promo? Uh, just Samoa Joe staring intently down the camera for fifteen seconds, blank backdrop. I was like, d- d- what what is this? Does was, that, is everyone else seeing this? It was is he coming very to get me? Scary. I loved it. And then that was it. They just and then they cut to an Usos promo. It was just yeah, Samoa Joe's doing something later on. Here he is staring directly into your soul. Uh, I was on Reddit and someone reposted something with the caption, the last time Brock Lesnar cared about a feud. And it was the night after Great uh, Balls of Fire last Mm. July. And it was that segment where you had Reigns, (coughs) excuse me, Lesnar and Paul Heyman and Kurt Angle in the ring sort of setting up the SummerSlam build. And then Samoa Joe comes out, you know, the night after he lost. Uh, Do you remember it? The the fire between them was crazy. Because Brock's just like... I beat you, son, and like yeah, you want yeah. this? You got a problem? And Joe's like, like Brock starts talk mouthing off to Reigns, and Joe just goes, "You look at me when I'm talking." Oh yes, to I you. do remember that. Oh, yeah, it was, was so yeah. cool. Loved that. And then, like at the end of it, Reigns just because like um, Samoa Joe says, "I've got your number." That's why Paul Heyman doesn't want me facing you again to Brock. And Roman just goes, "Huh." You, you got his number, have you? <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know when everyone's making really funny jokes when you're out and then this one guy's trying to say something, he's trying to, and then he says it and just killed the mood. That was Roman Reigns that night. Anyway, then we got a Usos walking along backstage promo. Our second promo of the evening. Really good, though. It was awesome. I've missed the Usos curtain promos. You know, they've got their own style of doing promos. It doesn't feel like a WWE mm. thing. They're in a completely different backdrop to everyone else. They're walking towards the camera. Love their presentation. Yeah. Big fan of the Usos. The camera is slightly down, so it's looking up at them, and it's tracking with them, and yeah. then they walk past it, and it's pans. It's it's really, really aesthetically pleasing. Yes. Like, it's, it, it's the complete opposite end of their... Words appear that you know, Uso's locked down. Uh, yeah, then we got the Paige Carmella stuff backstage. Then we got uh, the best match easily on the show. Well, there was only three of them, and this was far and away better than the other mm. two. It, it went a decent amount of time, yeah, I really thought. good. It uh, was the second, well, I guess the semi finals, yes, of a four team tournament. Mm-hmm. Can you even call that the semi finals? No, it's just first round, first round, first round, then final. Yeah, the pre-finals. <laughs> yeah. And it was the bar taking on the Usos. God, it's good to have the bar back. Mm, really, really yeah. good to have the bar back. I didn't know. Like, talking about Charlotte, like, oh, Charlotte's back. And when the bar came back last week, it was similar, like, ah, oh, the bar's back. But when Charlotte wrestled, I was still like, huh, Charlotte does moonsaults. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he does. But when the bar wrestled, I was like, oh, this is why. Yeah. They're so good. So- Cesaro, uppercut <laughs> more people. It was so good. My, fa- I can't say my favorite moment of this match because actually the match was my favorite moment of yeah. this match. But there was a bit <laughs> at the start of this that really made me laugh. So the bar and Usos make their entrance and they're about to start this match. New Day's music hits and the commentators all go like, oh my God, the New Day are here. And Saxon's like, oh, what a pleasant surprise this is. The New Day are coming out. And they're like, why are the, why are the New Day out here? And the New, New Day come down, they're dancing down to the ring. They dance past the announcer's desk and there is a giant orange announcer's desk stacked with pancakes and the commentator's like oh i guess they're out here to do commentary i was like who did you think was coming out to cut commentary it's a giant orange desk and it made everyone look like a complete moron yeah really lacking credibility yeah just like if you know well how else would you have done it i really like it when the, the viewer learns stuff as things were revealed on tv 
just think of it if it happened this way you've got jr on commentary back when he cared about stuff and he wasn't so grumpy he would he would go as this match has started well next to us ladies and gentlemen is a commentary table done up with pancakes i wonder who that can be Mm -hmm. Uh, i think we can expect something happening in a bit and then boom they come out and you're like oh yeah that doesn't ruin anything but when you've got Todd Phillips, Corey Graves and Byron Saxon go like, I wonder why they're out here. I wonder what they yeah. could be doing. It just made everyone look like an idiot. But ignoring that. And they did cut to them doing because they essentially did their own commentary, which they kind of sort of faded in and faded out, which was quite funny. But this match was great. Mm. Like they ju- The four guys just worked together so well. And it was all about double team reversals. It was like, so the uh, the... Bar set up to do the assisted air raid crash that they do, the Finley driver, as we've uh, since renamed White it. White noise, whatever White- it's called. <laughs> and, um, and as Cesaro leaped off, in comes Jimmy with a super yeah. kick to lay him out. Looked so, so good. And then the Bar tried to do... Um, oh, no, that was... A, yeah, they get super kicked out of air. And then the Usos tried to do their big splash, that double big splash. This is near the finish. Exactly. And as uh, I believe it was Jay came off the top rope, Cesaro, out of nowhere... Boom, with an uppercut and just took him out. And then uh, Jimmy landed on um, uh, Seamus' knees. He rolled him up and got the win. I thought it was a really, really great finish. Mm. A really, really good match. There was there was a great Cesaro near. Uh, it was like Seamus was being pinned. It was from uh, an Uso kick and then they set up the splash. And I was like, oh, here's the finish then. But Cesaro broke up that three count right at the end. And I was genuinely like, whoa! Yeah. Now this match is really good. And just before that, they had uh, one of the Usos diving to the outside intended for Cesaro but Sheamus pushes Cesaro out the way yeah. and takes the brunt himself I just like heels can be friends uh, and and that's that was that was a really nice it, dynamic it's, it's tag team chemistry mm, that's yeah, why yeah. I think tag team should always look good together yeah. it's one of the reasons like I mean someone left a comment yesterday on the YouTube video and I couldn't understand why we like the revival because they look really unathletic and I was like, but they look like, they feel like a tag team. When they wrestle, they wrestle yeah. like a tag team. They know what each other is doing. They can read each other's minds. And that's why I like the bar as well. The bar are there to try and, they need to save each other in order to get the best out of this. And I, I thought it was really great stuff. It's crazy that I really love the bar too. I really love Sheamus. Always have done. I've always been a big Sheamus fan. Love Cesaro. Love their matches. I like their presentation. But to me... You want to see them as singles. They're always Cesaro and Sheamus. I've never once been like, you know, even though they're so slick as a tag team, they could not do anything more. In my head, oh, they're Cesaro and Sheamus. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what it is. Yeah, man, I don't know what, I don't know what they could do, really. Do, are you... Do you no, I, you're I look, like, they're the bar now. They're the bar now, yeah. I no. think it's because it's been so long as well. Like when they were first put together, yeah, you like last well, two singles guys. But now they just feel like I can I can't remember the last time that they had sort of like singles feuds. God, mm. it was a number of years ago, but I couldn't have told you what those feuds were previously with each other. It was apart from the one where they had with each other, the best of twelve series, whatever it was, <laughs> the best of the rest of the year series. Yeah. Uh, I just got to see one of them because they'd mistimed them, and um, they had to do one of them at that uh, random oh, house show they did. Uh, but this was a really good match, and it sets up the bar versus the New Day for next week. Really looking forward to that. I yeah. hope it gets a lot of time. Do you know, I mean, the usual logic would dictate New Day winning their the babyface team take on the heel bludgeon brothers at SummerSlam. But I think the bar are at that level where they could just be, you know, like similar to how the Usos were last year when they were heels, but they were transitioning into that we're just badass tweeners mm-hmm. but nothing they do is cheat they used to cheat but now they don't cheat uh i think the bar 
I would prefer to see the Bar versus Bludgeon Brothers because to me that's a fresh match. Well, I mean, the way that SmackDown is going at the moment, it'll end up being a triple threat match. And I <laughs> Good wonder, point. I wonder if they're going to have because the Bludgeon Brothers have been cutting these promos every week, saying like it doesn't matter who's going to be who's going to win. A bludgeoning is coming. I wonder if the Bludgeon Brothers is going to come out, destroy all four men, and mm. then they'll announce it as a triple threat match for SummerSlam, and we'll have, that'll be our third because. United States Championship is going to be a triple threat. The Women's Championship is a triple threat. Let's have, let's just have another one, man. Why not add another yeah. person into the WWE Championship match while we're at it? Multi-man mania. <laughs> you don't need to book anything. Everyone's got to get on the card, man. Yeah. Everyone's got to get their payday. Uh, I if that's if that's the case, though, I see maybe the Bar being able to pin the New Day in that match. Bludgeon Brothers are protected. They lose the titles. Yeah, I think that that's like a triple threat that I would be behind. Yes, because I think you know. I, d- I just want to see the Usos, New Day, Bar, Bludgeon Brothers combination as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, particularly yeah. that, that that triangle without the it's Bludgeon really Brothers. really telling as well that you didn't mention Sanity in that. Who? <laughs> Gallows and Anderson Gallows too, and of Anderson. course. Uh, then we got the Charlotte promo backstage. Then we got a Samoa Joe promo. God, this was good. <laughs> I loved this so much. Yeah, okay. So Joe comes out. He gets a boy band stool. <laughs> Where it's just like this a high bar stall that he just perches his keister on. Well, that's because you've got to stand up for the final chorus. Mm. Stand up for the key yeah. change. Uh, and, you know, it was a nice different presentation. And, of course, Joe's delivery is always excellent. The The content of this promo, I felt was a not a, not a misstep. It was just like I, I didn't really connect oh, with me really, okay I mean I, I'm going to disagree with you mm. on this one I, I thought that A this was the best promo of the evening and I thought this was the best better than Carmella and Becky Lynch's yes yeah hands down I loved everything about this because the content of Joe's promo essentially was a putting over how important the WWE Championship is and putting over AJ Styles and saying like you know what you have done you have made this championship the most prestigious championship in this company you are head and shoulders above everyone else. You have spent so much time making this this title relevant and worthwhile. No problem with that. That's good. That you haven't been spending any time with your family. And it's because AJ is a family man. And it's a way of just working into AJ, playing those mind games with him and saying like, hey, while you're there being like, you know, your family don't know who you are anymore. And I love the line when he said, at SummerSlam, the entire crowd is going to be behind you winning but your family is going to be behind Samoa Joe winning because at least when I'm WWE champion, they'll get their father and husband back. I thought it was a really, really nice ring and a really interesting way to do this feud as well, playing into AJ being a family man and Joe being this master manipulator. They actually called him the Samoan submission machine as well. So I, I thought this was wonderful. I thought this was great stuff. You you make me like it more than I did. I didn't hate it. Hmm. I, I just was a bit like left cold by it because Ooh. I... I don't feel like AJ's been built up as this family man. When I think of this promo from last week, I know, yeah, like, oh yeah, we just did that last week, so we can do this. Uh, I, I, th- I feel like that's a bit rushed. If you ask me what AJ's character is, I'm like, he's a hothead. He he thinks he's the best wrestler in the world, and he often backs that up. But sometimes his emotions get the better of him. N- I never think he's a family man. That's Bobby yeah. Lashley's gimmick. <laughs> uh, so when Samoa Joe suddenly starts saying all this, I'm like. Oh, okay. Like, it, sure, he is. He did say that. Like, AJ cut that promo last week mm-hmm. that supports that. But there's, it's a little bit flimsy for me because I, I don't feel like it's been effectively foreshadowed no, enough. I, I, yeah, I think that's a completely fair point. What I would say though is that him being a hothead—that was the Nakamura feud. Like that—that's yeah. that, done now. 
So now we're moving on to a different character for AJ Styles. Right, right. I, I, I guess I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, and also, just like, doesn't Samoa Joe have the same amount of time away from his family? Yeah, but shh, logic, man. I just, yeah, I, did, I didn't... Yeah, but he's not a champion. He's not, he's not spending all of his time making it prestigious. Mm, I just... When you think AJ Styles, Samoa Joe... And when you said it there, the the mind games aspect of it that's cool but i and i guess we're still three weeks out but this didn't this didn't leave me hot in the slightest mm. but i didn't hate yeah. it i thought and, it was a nice wrinkle to the feud and next week we'll get aj styles's reply so i don't know maybe we can talk about how much he loves his kids yeah, he's, got, he's got their birthdays tattooed yeah. on his his ribs and what do we have next luke another promo so this is what our fourth promo um, um it's our third promo in a row and the fourth, Lynch fifth, uh, fifth Uso's promo of fifth the promo night. Of the so we've only had one wrestling match. So yeah, far. so a fifth promo of the evening. Jeff Hardy came out for a promo, uh, and he said that the US title was more than a title to him. It was his fifth eye. Did he say fifth? Yeah, and I was like, what? Are you on about? I've written down third. I must have. <laughs> I must have just auto-corrected in my head. I he may have well have said third. I thought he said fifth, and I was like. Wait, what? Your fifth? And then when he, the weird thing is with Jeff Hardy, when he said the fifth, I was like, yeah, that sounds like the sort of nonsense you'd say. So I, I just went with it. I could have gone back and checked. It's my life force. It's firing <laughs> in my synapses. I love the US title, but first I'm going to get revenge. Woo! Yeah, he wants to get revenge on uh, Randy Orton. Orton comes out. But from out of nowhere, Nakamura attacks uh, st- uh, Styles Hardy from behind and he gets into the corner he sets up to do the Kinshasa and good lord did I love this moment Randy Orton just walks in the way of it and just staring at all of him and Nakamura's backing off he's not sure what to do because you don't know what this Randy Orton's going to do because he's unhinged he's unpredictable and he's there and he's sort of backing off a little bit and Randy Orton just looks at Jeff Hardy and he steps aside and just goes away you go and he runs and he hits the Kinshasa and as soon as he hits the Kinshasa like right I'm out of here because well, I, yeah, he stands I, up again and Orton's in his face again yeah, and I'm like well I'm I'm out of here and he leaves and he leaves like a, a you know a prone Jeff Hardy for Randy Orton to continue his vicious attack and he sets up for the RKO crowd are going nuts he's, he's like ultimate warrior ult- up isn't yeah, he he's playing it up like yeah. he used to with his arms in there spins around like a transformer sets up to do it and then nope double leg just stomp down and then does the Garvin stomp around draping DDTs does two of those and then he throws off the apron to the, the outside apron to the outside and then he sets him up on a table and he just starts and he rips off his sh- his t-shirt and he rips off his armbands rips necklace, off his yeah. necklace and then he starts wiping the faceplane reducing Jeff Hardy down to his most basic level I thought this was excellent yeah really enjoyed it yeah uh, it, it just had such a an old school wrestling feel where it's it something just like the ear thing last week. Was two that weeks like ago. two weeks ago? Yeah, uh, and the removing of the face paint. Like I could hear a few people in the crowd going, <gasps> "Yeah, that's it." As soon as he's like tearing off the t-shirt, nothing, necklace, nothing. But as soon as you start watching with the face paint, I was like, "Oh no, you didn't!" Yeah, I yeah, can't it's believe it's you weird did that. How things like that emotionally connect, and I think that was there was a shot a few segments beforehand of just Jeff putting his face paint on. Mm. Very little moment, but I think that that really helped make this more impactful yeah. here uh, yeah it's it's a really fascinating dynamic you've got this crazed anime villain in Nakamura this just I'm loving Randy Orton back being a heel man, God, so, so good at it yeah. and then you've got Jeff as well who's actually like you know what and I very rarely say this Uh-oh. I could do with a heel versus heel match here and like Orton versus Nakamura 
at SummerSlam rather than the Triple Threat. Yeah, me, but that to no, me want, feels like a B pay per view. I was going to say you want your Jeff Hardy in there because Jeff got he's one to gets his revenge now on both yeah. lads because Nakamura hit him with the Kinshasa. Randy Orton's been laying him out week after week. He wants to get revenge on both guys and win back his fifth eye. You know he's got to, got to do all, he's got to do all he can to win this. Poor guy's only got four. Has <laughs> he seeing anything? Yeah, maybe he's just got glasses. And that's what he's <laughs> he's gotten confused. Bless I I just it's yeah the the only heel versus heel dynamic I've liked of recent times was Adam Cole and Marty Skrull. I thought they had a great match last year at Ring of Honor. Mm. Uh, but yeah, like I I wouldn't mind at all if this turned into a heel Autumn versus heel Nakamura for the US title. At whatever the September pay per view is, hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, then we got what did we get? <laughs> we got another promo. Ooh. We got uh, Becky Lynch backstage. We talked about it earlier. That's Connect the... Four, if you count him. He's man. So, as I said, it was promo mania. Then we got finally we got some wrestling on this show. But what wrestling did we get? Selena Vega's <laughs> in-ring debut on the main roster. Selena Vega versus Lana in a match that I think went about three or four minutes and yet still had a commercial break. Mm. Oh, dearie me. And it wasn't great. Anyway, Almas got on the ring. English ran down, knocked him off. That distracted Lana. Vega with a roll-up pin. Means nothing. Nowhere. No one gets anything. Um, well, what do you- um, I disagree. What, do you think that Selena Vega is now going to be in line for a championship no, match? that's not what this was about. I know, I know, I'm being facetious. Um, but it's, it was there to further the Aiden English, Rusev and Lana dynamic. Um, this was an angle. Yes, this, this was. This wasn't, you can't treat it as a match. This was a, another promo segment. Yeah, more or less. effectively. And um, yeah, and after, so Aiden accidentally costs uh, Lana the match and then backstage Aiden's like, I'm sorry I did this. And Lana's like, Dude, just go away. You have to get your doom in. And then Rusev's like, you can hear Rusev going like, Aiden! And he just charges up and he's like, I'm out of here. He runs away. Mm. Rusev comes up and he's like, he's a dink. Like, he crossed you that match. And Lana was like, I needed you. Like, where are we? I know you've got your own issues about what's best for Rusev Day, but I needed you at my side. Great stuff. Enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. So you, you think this is this is a heel thing for Rusev? I don't, no, I didn't say it was a heel thing, but you said he's slowly turning babyface. This didn't feel like a babyface uh, moment for Rusev. No, but he's definitely, like a baby definitely face... not a heel moment. No, but it also felt like a babyface moment for Lana, mm-hmm. who I think has been a babyface anyway. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. She's certainly American. <laughs> there was full-on American accent, no yeah. Russian there. I, uh, I've written here in my notes, because the other part was that Andrade came out with Vega... And of course, Lana was by herself in the match, doing all of her breakdancing. Yeah, they did a Vega did a tranquilo pose, or I said saying this wrong. Apparently, tranquilo, tranquilo, yeah, tranquilo. I think I'm quilo. Yeah, you're actually Quilo. pronouncing the Q and U. Tran- tranquilo, like a bloody Brit. And uh, Lana does a little weird pose thing of her own. And then I've written that they have a commercial break, like you said. <laughs> yeah, and I just those poor people in the arena. <laughs> yeah, because they're getting a Lana Vega rest hold right there i know and just think and this is the second wrestling match on this show and this was well into the second hour as well mm. it's almost like like old wcw nitro episodes when i had a three-hour show and there was no wrestling in the first hour yeah, yeah. felt bad for the audience yeah but I, I liked the it as an angle and i like the stuff afterwards i think the whole rusev day dynamic is interesting you've got you know no one's like being an out and out heel no one's being an out-and-out babyface. It's just three people who are kind of falling out, trying to sometimes make amends with it. Like, English was trying to make amends with Lana. Rusev was trying to make amends with Lana. But Rusev and English are angry with each other. Lana's angry with... It's, it's a really... Yeah. yeah it's, it's a nice faction dynamic 
which I hope they actually all end up going, let's just get back together and defeat whoever. Well, maybe, I mean, they're trying to think of who they could team up against. Now, the only people I could think of would be the Usos and Naomi. Then mm. I suddenly thought, where's Naomi been? Yeah, this is a break. This is a, they had a dance moment. <laughs> she needs to come out and glow it up. Uh, then we got the Bludgeon Brother promo we've already talked about. Yep. And then our final bit of the show, to, because we've already done Charlotte and Carmella in the main event, is a corking Daniel Bryan and Miz promo. Yeah, another promo. Another promo of the evening. He came up so our fourth in-ring promo segment of the night. Um, he put over Evolution. Because of course he did. Because his wife Bree was in one of those 30 second matches that everyone got annoyed with and tweeted, "Get div- give Divas a chance. Yep. I mean, what, what, a, what a fascinating way to spin your company's own ineptitude. Here is how that I, this is now a positive. Here is how I would almost describe this. I am someone who is in a position of power and one of my, one of my directives is I'm just going to punch kids in the face. Right? Bear with me with this. Yeah. I'm just going to say everyone is allowed to punch kids in the face. And then a lot of people say, like, mate, punching kids is really bad. And then so I then write a directive and go, like, yeah, punching kids is horrible. You should stop punching kids. And then everyone goes, like, God, you're good. Yeah. God, you're such a hero. Yeah, you're well done for promoting not to punch kids. Yeah. I'm the hero in this situation because I made a difference. I made a change. Of course, that's the extreme end of this (laughs) anecdote. Yeah. Or analogy, rather. So Brian comes out. He he gets the mandatory evolution plug out of the way. Yeah. And uh, then he turns his focus on Miz. He says that he did the thing I hate. Here's what happened last week, where he cues up the production truck. It makes the whole thing really contrived as an in-ring promo. And he says he wants to fight the Miz now. I want to fight you right now. And then the Miz appears on the Titantron, but he's not here. Miz is on set I'm doing big air quotes for podcast <laughs> listeners of Miz and Mrs mm. mate you are not fooling anyone with this on set lark with these two security guards there it basically was Kurt Angle's office yeah yeah just a, a basic <laughs> backdrop so rubbish and Miz just cuts this great promo about how you know we're not in gyms anymore like for your indie shows and the, yeah, Brian calls him a coward it's a, the story was Brian is saying I just want to fight you and Miz is saying stop Riding on my coattails. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, I, I'm past you. I Let made it go, man. I made you relevant two years ago on Talking Smack. Yeah. Like, stop trying to be, you know, stop trying to ride my, as you said, ride my coattails. I love this. And he even said the line, just let your contract expire so you can go oh. back to entertaining. And I love this. Entertaining dozens of people in high school gyms. That was a, that's a money line. Yeah. And it's, it's that really good thing. What started this whole feud of weaving reality. Like, we know Daniel Bryan's contract expires in September. We know the larger audience doesn't know, but it's still like it's not one of those things that isolates the larger no, audience. No, it doesn't. It's just like like uh, Miz did with Enzo Amore last year, and that was you know a bit of a mess of a promo and the whole being thrown off the tour bus stuff. But this this worked perfectly because it can be a, it's a really nice nugget for us, but then for the larger people, it's just like oh, that's an interesting bit of the story, and that Brian got his own badass comebacks as well because he was like, you're never going to be big in Hollywood, Miz. It's been done already by better men. You're never going to be The Rock. And that's like, Rock and Miz idolises The Rock. You're never going to be John Cena. You're not even going to be John Cena, he <laughs> yeah. said. Like, being John Cena is... Rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd be good, I suppose. But It's then, a shame he didn't yeah. bring up the, the WrestleMania match where those three yeah. men were involved, yeah. I thought this was really great, but it was so undermined by its end. I thought the end of this sucked a big one. I thought yeah. this was 
awful, awful nonsense. Yeah, so Miz, after all this great realism, yeah. and uh, it, it, it was just like two guys shooting, doing a work shoot on each other yep. to build a match. Like, you didn't need anything more. And this, you know, you're three weeks out. And it made me forget the over-the-top stuff they did last week with the Miz and Miz premiere, the baby chucking to Daniel Bryan. Wasn't a fan of that at all. So you've got all this good realism stuff in the promo here. And then at the end... WWE slammed the brakes on. Yeah, Miz goes... Yeah, just in case this wasn't obvious enough. uh, Miz says, when anyone looks at you, all they're going to hear is this. And it's a shot of a baby replaces him and an annoying baby crying noise. And that duplicates and it keeps on duplicating. And they tell two friends and they tell two friends and so on and so on. And it's just got loads of pictures of babies crying. And then it cuts back to Miz and he goes, wah, wah. Wow. So, what? yeah, just, and, and just that was, a really and that was crap the, ending. And that was the end of the segment. Brian had no retort to that. And it was just Brian just standing there looking like a complete doof. And again, it's it's my really big bugbear about Brian or anyone in the ring queuing up footage to recap to people. That should be an, the announcer's job. It's like, so this isn't real, this says to me. So yeah. Miz has pre-planned, told the production truck to queue up those images, play them like that, make the baby crying... That makes if Miz has done that, it's lame, and if he hasn't done that, it's fake, and you just had all this nice realism stuff going on. It was a real shame. I, I, I said in the review, I thought it was a really rubbish ending to what could have been a great segment. Mm. Yeah, it was a not, real shame. Just not a great segment, but a very very good segment, and that's all you need at this point. We're still three weeks away from SummerSlam, and you, you do you do the harder stuff as you build up to it to build anticipation, but um. So now we're in a point where Brian has finally challenged Miz to a match at SummerSlam, and Miz has said no. Mm. So how is Brian going to get that match? I'm interested to see. Yes. Uh, but that baby stuff did absolutely nothing for me. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's almost a shame that the previous week's segment happened as well, yeah. because that that wasn't good. In retrospect, yeah. it really wasn't good. And we said, I think we might have said this last week. This is such an easy feud to get right because you've got like 10 years worth of stuff to build on and you've got all the stuff from the talking smack onwards you've got so much stuff that you can build this around like they did with the promo the content of this promo was Mm. all built around that 10 years worth of stuff what you don't need is Miz throwing a fake baby at Daniel Bryan you don't need Miz doing baby noises up on the screen like that's the that's the stuff this feud doesn't need. As I, th- I think I said this in the news last week, where it's like I could, you can almost guarantee that the Miz is going to make this. I, my TV show gets really good ratings, like your TV show doesn't. And I'm like, that's not what this feud needs. Mm. It doesn't need that sort of nonsense. It just needs to be built around realism because they have got something real they can build on here. And it's oh man, I don't want it to be turned into a into a WWE feud. Yeah. yeah. And what is more fake? As like when you said the line there, I just was like, man, that is. I would be embarrassed to say that to someone who doesn't watch wrestling. Throwing a fake baby at someone. <laughs> what? And, then, and it's serious wrestling for you, oh, not, man, not you, the broken hearties. Did you see uh, Smackdown last week? Miz put loads of babies up on a screen with a baby crying sound. Oh, man, it made Daniel Bryan look like such an idiot. Who thought that was a good idea? Like, it, it really makes me... Like, I, I... Usually I think it's loads of people in WWE who are trying to do a good product and then they're sort of hampered by top level management. How does that how does that baby stuff get in there? It really makes me doubt everyone's competence in that company. Well, okay. Like so- like Miz should say no, Brian should say no. 
Who? Why? Why aren't people stopping this from happening? So, um, as a story, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, they actually did a podcast talking about this quite recently, and the, you said who made, who signed off on this? Who made, it was Vince? Surely, like Vince probably saw, heard this. Uh, Pritchard has said this before, where he said like sometimes you've got to you regret saying things because as soon as you say it and Vince hears it, he's like, "That's what we're doing." And you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't said that because I was just throwing ideas out and into the ether. Actually, we're talking about a spot on a SmackDown episode in 2001 where Jericho was cutting a promo on Stephanie. And all of a sudden he brings out the Planet of the Apes apes from Tim Burton's remake. And they come out and they throw a pie in Stephanie McMahon's face. And Jericho has said, like, it was such a stupid angle. It made absolutely no sense. Why were the apes there? But apparently, according to Jericho, it's the hardest he's ever heard Vince laugh. Like, Vince thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And it just screams to me one of those things that someone suggested it. And he was like, that's going to be amazing. Put that on TV. So <laughs> I I think this is a... Like, I, I agree pretty much wholeheartedly with your review that this was all very good, like, all very effective segments. Yeah. Overall, there wasn't enough wrestling for me. Really enjoyed the bar Usos match, though. Uh, I would give this a smack bang in the middle. Yeah, I gave it a high smack bang in the middle, like a 3.5 out of 5, because, as I said in the review, individually, I thought this stuff was great. But the other thing I, I mentioned in the review that I wanted to mention here as well is the real kicker for me in this is that you didn't have to do all of this on this week's show. Like, that Hardy uh, Orton stuff, you could have done that next week. And instead, you could have just had Orton in a squash match against a mm. lower card guy, say a Ty Dillinger or someone like that. Ty Dillinger steps up and says, like, look, I really don't agree with what you did to Jeff Hardy the other week. Let's yeah. go and have a match in the ring. Orton just squashes him very quickly and then beats him up viciously around ringside. That continues the Orton dynamic. And then you can save the Hardy stuff for next week. And that also gives you a match and an angle rather than just doing promo, 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 three-minute match with an ad break, promo, promo, promo. Yeah. It really was an unbalanced show. It's difficult to get the balance of promo and matches right in a two-hour format, but this was very unbalanced. I don't think it's difficult. I think, <laughs> I think you commit to three to four matches that get between five to 15 minutes each, and... A couple of in-ring promo segments. Difficult's the wrong backstage way. bits. Difficult's the wrong way. It's a fine art to get it. But it's, uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's a pie chart somewhere. There's some good Excel <laughs> spreadsheets to, to work this out. But I thought this was science. yeah, it's too promo heavy. Individually, I liked all the components, but together, it it was a, it was an average show overall. I think you've been needlessly burnt by your experience last week. This happens, like, we'll reach a base level and then the, the YouTube comments will lash against you or the, the fact that you tried to introduce a guy called Keith Apicary. And you'll, and you'll be really scared and you'll be like, oh, no, what did I do? I'm out of touch. Uh, why, I think this happened to you last week with the negative backlash against your negative opinion of SmackDown. Absolutely. And then coupled with <laughs> the, uh, the the reaction that my interviews got for the WOS Wrestling. Great interviews. I know. I thought so as well. But um, some of the... the like Every other comment seemed to disagree. No, I thought the interview... It was more about the the hair situation. Well, that's what I mean. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. It was very much a case of interviews like... Interviews are fine. The comments were very much either... Isn't Viper beautiful? Luke's hair's rubbish. Somebody posted yesterday on a video, I can't remember which, saying, hey, Luke, don't listen to these hair shamers. <laughs> and he, it was like three paragraphs of motivational speech. Wow, for you I didn't you see do that. what you want. Yeah. Put the comb over. Do this. Do that. Man, yeah. 
I mean, hair shamers. I'm, I'm all I'm queer eyed anyway, man. I'm comfortable in my own skin. Mm. But anyway, like, so what is the the reaction to the review? Well, okay, so the top comment so far, it's only been live ten minutes. It's from Weird Shorts. They've got eleven point two subscribe, eleven point two thousand subscribers. Smackdown Live is way better than Raw. Always twenty seven thumbs up. Dodge the bullet there. <laughs> Nothing about Luke's opinion. Although technically, I did say that Raw was better this week. Uh, Mr. Oscar, I like how The Miz played mind games with Daniel Bryan by showing him random pictures of babies crying. I did not. Uh, I think that's sarcasm. Um, the hate on Charlotte needs to stop. At least Charlotte can wrestle. Well, that would be targeted towards you in this review because you were very negative on her promo. I, she's an awful, she's an <laughs> awful babyface promo at the, in this iteration of their character. Zel- Zelina Vega is fine. Is that fine? Is it like well, she's fine? I know, I'm just. It was fine. <laughs> exactly. My definition of she was fine. I mean, I assume it is her her body yeah. because that wrestling match was not even fine. <laughs> I was amazed as well that you didn't bring up the fact of how short Zelina oh, Vega. Oh, she's tiny. So tiny. Like Lana doesn't seem to be the tallest person in the world, but she towered over Zelina Vega. I want to see Vega and bliss next to each other because Good, maybe yeah. maybe they're the same height i don't think they are i, yeah, I, I think, think Vega's Vega's i think i think my wife would be taller than Zelina mm. Vega. when do you become legally a child height wise oh no i shouldn't say that damn it because th- th- i forgot that little people are a thing i could say what just in general well that you that now now that sounds offensive i didn't mean it to come out that way but we don't edit this podcast <laughs> so uh the yep there's no there's nothing against you there's no backlash against you lovely stuff that's what i like to hear it's me first second smackdown live 10 times better than raw uh randy back to being watching watchable again thanks luke oh friend <laughs> oh friend i love your undisputed era t-shirt luke but well, it's not wrong there it's a great t-shirt wow well i think it's turned in luke's favor lovely stuff they're back on my side again. They'll they'll come out for the woodwork. For now, they'll come out the woodwork eventually. Oh, Luke's assessment of the show is spot on. Smack bang in the middle. Very nice indeed. Grant, look at me. I was just being. I was being so cautious. Luke is. I'm not making these up now. Luke is looking a little more filled in up top than usual. Actually, do you know what? I even thought that when I looked back at the footage, I was like, actually, my hair, I've, I've combed it much better than that today. Do you know what I did? Actually? People are now actively complimenting your hair. Do you know what I did today? There's, uh, there's a reason why. So this might be what I'm going to have to do because I'm not, I can't get a haircut for this week either, which means I'm now two weeks past when I really should have had a haircut. So it's going to be like three weeks by the time I actually get my haircut where it really should have been done. Overdue. Very much overdue. But do you know what I did this morning? Just in tribute to, uh, or uh, I shouldn't say this too much, but Sonata features in our uh, Wrestle Ramble, our Rob- Ramble Top Club. Top five uh, matches of the month. Yes, yeah, Sonata features into it. And he has a wicked sweet mohawk. And this morning, like three. And this morning, when I was putting my jet, I went whoosh, all up into a wicked sweet Sonata esque haircut. And I thought, I mean, I could walk out like this. Could. But it's going to be very difficult with the cans that we have on when we record stuff. So I won't. Mm. And I did that. But I think doing that actually filled in a lot of the gaps better because it just sort of like all fell into place much easier. You're worried about cans ruining your mohawk. Sonata wrestles against Ibushi with those mohawks 
and nothing nothing falls down. Yeah, but that's any product. But yeah, but do you know what Abushi doesn't have? Abushi doesn't like. I mean, maybe he could do this Sonata. in their next. No, no, Abushi. Oh yeah. Do you know what he could do actually if he wanted to really get into Sonata's head? Is just push down, not the full mohawk, just slight bits All of it. One so of just, them. So it's just like ah. a dent in the middle. That's annoying. Wouldn't it be annoying? Uh, I've even got one here. This is an interesting idea. Luke needs to be moved to the raw reviews so we can just see how up- so we can see just how upset he's going to get. I mean, for F's sake, SmackDown Live is a thousand times better than Raw, and yet this guy still gives it bad ratings. Wait, is it- Hi, Avroj. <laughs> yeah, but that's what. Unless you give it four or five, it's considered a bad rating. Spare a thought for poor Raleigh, who has to review the utter horse crap that is Raw every single week. Yeah. That's yeah. me. <laughs> That's me in the corner. Right, I've got a quick Rusev hey that I would like to read out. Um, I just wanted to, ad- to address, though, Sean Howe's uh, email that he sent. And he has sent in a Rusev hey, but it is, I'm not messing, I think about 4,000 words. So what? it's a long old email. What's the email about? Well, it's, it's a Rusev hey. Um, Jeez. And I'm, I really do want Rusev to read it. I, I may need to read through it, and I'll, I'll truncate it myself, um, but I haven't got time to do that now. So I'm going to read out a different one from Corey Vaughan. A couple of years ago, I took my two sons and my mother to a WWE house show in a nearby town. After the show, we stopped at a gas station to get snacks and sodas for the trip home. Upon walking into the business, my oldest son yelled, Look, Dad, it's Neville. I turned to Whoa. see Neville standing in line waiting to buy his items of choice. My eldest son asked... He's sorry, he doesn't stand he hovers <laughs> gravity doesn't know this man my oldest son asked neville if he minded to take a quick picture and he agreed my boys posed with the man gravity forgot and chatted with him for a, sh- a few short minutes about his match earlier in the night when we got back into his car <clears throat> when we got back into our car my mother said that neville had got in, in into an suv parked up at one of the fuel pumps that was occupied by bray wyatt braun Strowman, <laughs> and another man who she did not recognize ironically we had just driven <laughs> ironically we had just driven past that suv on the way into the parking lot and it consider fueling up while they were deciding to get only our snacks included below is the picture i took of my sons with neville hold on one second let me load up the email ah i think our internet's failed again ah just as you were gonna yeah we get internet trubs peeps yeah one day the live streaming will happen absolutely um no let me check it might be okay it's a shame because pictures are really good for the audio format talked about this before we certainly have i can't load up the image okay. of French, but it is neville and he's there with his glasses i can see that much well well what a nice so this would have been uh a while ago it certainly would have done because that's neville while he's still with the company he is still with the company his contract has been frozen by all accounts absolutely and the g1 is going on right now it's a damn shame do you want a quick um agony arts request um, oh, how long have we got? We haven't got time for that agony answer request. We'll get to that one on the weekend show. So instead, I will do you a poetry corner. Well, I was I was going to plug um, because this is the the last podcast before our Ramble Club episode goes live. And if you're still listening to the podcast now, you are the elite of the elite pod swafters because you go right near the end. And uh, yeah, Ramble Club's out on Friday. Of course, this is for $10 and above patrons. We're going to be counting down our top five matches of the month. And it was a hell of a month with the G1, some excellent NXT stuff, and the New Japan show in America as well. And Slammiversary. And Slammiversary, which was a really critically acclaimed show. We did that special review of it. And uh, yeah, and we also 
read the latest corking chapter of Big Apple Takedown, which is a book from 2006 where WWE superstars are secret agents trying to take down a meth lab. How could you not want to hear us talk about that? Mm. And it is a great chapter as well. So that will be up on Friday, hopefully. And uh, yeah, go go over and go over and do that. So let's have a quick trip over to Poetry Corner and then we'll get out of here. This one is from the chairman of the board, Jer Personen. Oh, long time uh, SWAF Nation member. Pledge hammer indeed. So he has written a poem called Toilets. He'll be enjoying the... The Ramble Club episode. Yes. So he's actually sent this poem twice. Um, I think it's because he was worried that I wasn't getting to it. As always, I have a backlog of emails. I get to everything eventually. Uh, so here, this is this poem called Toilet. And he's asked me, when you read this poem, be sad and dramatic. I don't, oh, thi- okay. I don't think this is a serious subject. Okay. Despite, the, despite its name. I open my eyes. It's morning. Sun is singing. And I feel better. <clears throat> and I feel everything are in front of me. I'm standing in my toilet. I am watching my reflection from mirror. I'm calm and peaceful. I wonder how I got here and why I'm not in my bed, but somehow I can't remember. Clock is moving and it's almost midday already. I'm thinking where all my friends are. I don't remember when I have seen them. I wonder why. Suddenly it's getting cloudy and toilet is getting dark. Lights are not working anymore. I write words to the wall with red paint. I'm sorry, Dad. I love you. Why am I still here? I've been sick a long time now. Is it just flu? I feel trapped. I really try to leave, but it doesn't seem to work. Somehow, I feel helpless. I scream, but no one hears me anymore. I think my feet are the last tree feet away from the floor. Dad comes to end soon. Day comes to end soon. Day and night. Looks the same when you are on the toilet. At morning, everything was fine. I had high hopes for this day. One more time, I think about all the things I've loved. Getting sleepy. My eyes are closed now. I can't shake off this feeling that this is the end. So that is uh, it's a poem about suicide, and it's important that we talk about it even when it hurts. So, Oof. Well, I guess that's at this week after the sad passing of <sighs> Brian Christopher. Just, God, what a tragic end for poor old Brian Christopher. I wish you told me about that poem before I did the Ramble Club plug. <laughs> I feel like that... I don't feel like that was the best transition into... But that was very, that was very, like, quite starkly beautiful, Jer. Mm. Um, and it's just, I'm sorry that my reading of it wasn't stellar, but, um, yeah, it was uh, absolutely powerful stuff there. That was, that was genuinely good. Like, especially because I was set up for something different with the title. Mm. And it really, it, you know, we always talk about zagging when you think it's going to zig. And that zagged. And I was just kept it, no, but it's going to get funny, right? It's going to get funny. And then it didn't and that was very good well unfortunately we are going to end the episode on that note uh please do join us we're going to be back again on saturday for our magazine show we're going to talk about the biggest news stories of the week what do those be actually because it's been quite a slow news week Mm. in general we'll make something up the 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 resting observer might have something um but we will be back then on uh we'll also have your crap gimmicks and your mailbag questions if you are a pledge hammer but as ollie said if you are a ten dollar plus pledge hammer you will get the ramble club episode at the end of this week and it should be a doozy thank you very much for listening we'll see you then take care i love you goodbye
you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever Wrestling Media Hall of Fame and wrestling shows from Impact Wrestling where they will be taking on the best the UK has to offer and Revolution Pro Wrestling featuring the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger defending his British J-Cup crown. Tickets are on sale now so head over to WrestlingMediaCon.com That's WrestlingMediaCon.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.